Hello and welcome back to Yasmina Uncut. So today I wanted to talk about men being from Mars and women being from Venus and basically where this topic came about was some conversations that I've had with some friends recently and also a conversation I had with my husband. The other day my husband had said to me if you had an opportunity in America where you know you had this awesome job opportunity where you had to move there to work would you do it? And I thought about it for a second and I said to him, well, let me answer your question with a question. If you had a job opportunity in America, would you move there without me? And he said, no, no, wait, never. I said, you know the love you feel for me? I feel 10 times that love for my mum. I couldn't move anywhere without her. And I said, so you could just get up and move to a whole different country without seeing your parents. And he said, no, I would see them. You know, I would fly back and that and always be talking. And I said, but it's not the same. You're not living in the same country. And he said, yeah, I guess, you know, I'm independent that way. And I said, I don't think it's got anything to do with independence. I think it's got a lot to do with not just our upbringing. And I don't say this in a harsh way, like some people's upbringing are worse than others or anything like that. But I think it it's got to do a lot with how close we are with our mothers. See, for me, I've always seen my brother as someone who's really close to my parents. He sees my mum and my dad twice a week and, you know, once with his whole family and once by himself. And he also calls her quite a bit. So they're really close. So I've always had that kind of, you know, view on things. And I just assumed all boys were like that. And then I had a conversation with a friend recently and she has three boys and she said to me, Yasmina, I'm losing them already. We went over to a friend's house and the little girl was tired. You know, the, her friend's daughter was um, tired and she wanted some water before she went to sleep. And her boys, all three of them got up and all brought her a cup of water. She said, I could have been thirsty, dying of dehydration. And I don't think one of them would have got up to get me a cup of water. And I started laughing and I thought, wow, is that what's going to happen with my son? Like, is that how it's going to be? And I just thought, is there a right and wrong way to raise boys? Is there a way, is this the reason why a lot of girls in a family like feel like, you know, they don't get that same attention from their mum and we usually call boys the golden boys. And is that because we nurture them so much in hopes that they will not leave us when they're older and when they have their own family and all of that? And I just started thinking like, is that what's to come of Noah? Like, is there a way that I can prevent it? And I had a conversation with my mum and she said, she said, I guess a part of me knew that one day he'll have a family of his own. And I guess, you know, you nurture them for so long of your life that, you know, you get sad when it's someone else's turn to nurture them. But in nurturing them, you have to also let them free, let them go free and do their own thing. And I think that's the biggest aspect of it all, trusting them to do that and not making them feel guilty for moving on, for having a marriage or a relationship or whatever it may be. And I was like, far out like that. That kind of blows my mind. I'm like, I don't know, like now I'm scared for my son one day. I remember growing up and my brother always got special attention. It doesn't matter what it was. Like if he had an issue, it was always something that was super important to my mom to sit down and speak to him and have these conversations. And I remember when we were in high school, we both you know, started high schools at similar times, although we're three years apart, you know, we, we were both in high school at the same time. And I remember my mom sitting down having a conversation with my brother and I was listening and she was like, okay, she was having that, that talk where that hygiene talk where, okay, you shower this many times a week and you spray deodorant all the time. Cause you've got to, you know, smell good and feel fresh. 
And I remember wanting that conversation, like I butted in and I was like, oh really, like should I be spaying deodorant? And obviously I was really young and I was still having baths and all that with my mum, like she would bath, bathe me. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of that and I felt jealous that she wasn't sitting down having this conversation. And obviously for her, I didn't need it because I was someone who was super, super hygienic. And my brother obviously had to be taught that, not in a bad way, but just as kids, we need to be, you know, taught that. And... You know, I just felt like she was giving him special treatment all the time. Like when he had a problem, she would sit down and, you know, have these deep conversations with him and they would cuddle at the end. And I was super jealous. Obviously, that created this, you know, this friction between us. I was always someone who was jealous of him. He was always someone who dubbed me into my parents. No, whenever anything was wrong. So I was constantly in trouble, which means, you know, my relationship with my mother just kind of strayed and that made me hate him more. But now that we're both married with kids, I see us as equal because she still shows me love. And obviously it's not the same love that she shows him, but being a mother now myself, I see that some girls, like girls mature so much faster than boys. And I guess, you know, for some weird reason, we just, as mothers, we feel like, okay, okay, the girl doesn't need as much attention. So naturally we pay more attention to the one who does need it. But we forget that although... Some kids don't need the attention, they want it. And when they want it and you, you, you know, you neglect them in that way and you kind of think, yep, sweet, they've got it, they can rebel. And I think that's what I was doing a lot of my life. I was rebelling against my mum. I was craving that attention that she was giving my brother. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I had to do something wrong in order for her to sit down and have this chat with me. And so I was craving that. And instead of coming right out and saying it, naturally as a kid, we just kind of, you know, we push the boundaries and we hope that they'll get the message, but the message was always misconstrued and it turned out that I was always just the black sheep of the family, the bad kid in the family. So, you know, I just end up going with it. I was like, okay, well, if I'm the black sheep, then I'm the black sheep. It is what it is. I think a massive factor into a guy's behavior, into a man's behavior, is their relationship with their mother. I know we hear that saying all the time, like, mummy's boy, mummy's boy. But society's made it into, like, this toxic thing and this cliche of, like, a boy who needs his mum and, like, he's always at his mum's, you know, feet asking her what she needs and kind of neglects his partner. I'm not talking about those kind of guys. Those kind of guys are a little bit weird. But I'm talking about a happy relationship with their mother is so important. And I find the biggest, biggest, biggest play biggest thing that comes into a relationship that could be an issue in the future is you coming in between that relationship between a mother and son. You know, there are a lot of girlfriends and wives who do become territorial. They think, you know, this woman, like she won't leave him alone. Like I know she's his mum, but like let him move on. He started a family. You don't have to be in our lives constantly. But I think what you have to remember is that his mum has raised him. She's had him her whole life. She's looked after him until the minute that you came in and it's really hard to let go so working on that relationship you know with her in turn helps your own relationship and the communication that you guys have I find a lot of the time guys end up like resenting you when you come in between that relationship and they might not even be able to recognize that that's the problem but half the time it is I know with my brother he sees my mum all the time, my parents all the time. He goes over to see them. And my sister-in-law has no issue with it. She actually loves it when he goes sees his his mum and dad. But I think that's only because my mum treats her exactly like she would treat us. She sees no difference between, you know, my sister-in-law and I. And having that acceptance from her in-laws, obviously she's not going to have any sort of negative 
you know, output on him going to see his parents. So that kind of works out well. I know when I first got married, like my mother-in-law was like, oh, we miss you. Like to my husband, she was like, we miss you. You never come visit anymore. Mind you, we were going like once a week, maybe once a fortnight if, you know, we were super busy, but we would come once a week. And I thought that was heaps, but they live further away than us, like quite a while further away from us. So we couldn't always go and we were newly married. We were both working. So it was a bit harder. And I used to think, you know, why does she have to see us all the time? Like it's, it's, I felt like it was annoying me, but what was annoying me not going to see her wasn't the, the whole problem. I would have went to see them at any day. I would have, you know, told Billy, let's go, let's, let's go. I think it was more like, I felt like I, you know, wasn't good enough when we would go over and she would, you know, cook all these favorite meals and make sure he was okay. I felt like, like, I felt insulted. I felt like, was I not, am I not doing enough, like a better job? Like, cause he was sit there and eat, like he's never eaten in like the last seven days. And I'm like, whoa, like calm down. We've literally just had a meal before we got here. But obviously a mother's love and a mother's touch of food is so different to anyone's food or love. And it's so important. And I think when you actually bring a mother and son closer together, you have no idea the benefits. I remember my dad, when I first got married, he said, a sign of a good wife is a wife that pushes her husband to go see his parents. She go, he goes to me, you never come in between a man and his parents. And he, he drilled that into my head. So I've always had that, that at the back of my mind. So even when we disagreed, um, like my in-laws and I disagreed, I would say, let's go see them. Like, don't worry, let's go see them. Like, you need to see your, your family. It's really important. Let's go. And he'd be like, no, 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 we don't have to go. And I'm like, no, let's go. Like, you need to go. And when we finally, when I started to do that more and more and I gained a better relationship with my in-laws, this was early on, of course, when I gained a better relationship with them, I found our relationship was a lot better. I feel like a partner always ends up resenting you when you, A, talk shit about his family or be you're negative about even seeing them like that's never healthy for your relationship and it's always good to try work on that it's like having a fight with your mom you're going to want to fix it you know and I know that your in-laws aren't people who have birthed you but you do obviously like if they're horrible people that's 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 on them man can't help you there but if you know they're decent people and they've done nothing wrong to you there's there's no use trying to get in between that and I know a lot of us women we we become possessive like what's ours is ours and we feel like you know that's it he's mine you know anything that you do for him I can do better don't you worry but a mother's Love is so different. Like now that I'm a parent, I see it in a whole different view. Like now I have a son, I think, you know, one day he's going to get married and I have a family of his own. And I just think, you know, will he still call me? Will he still come visit me? And I think, you know, that's sad. And, you know, my in-laws said that to me once. My mother-in-law said, you wait until you have kids. You'll see. Like the love doesn't go away when they get older. It only gets stronger, you know, and I just think, you know, I get it now. I get exactly why she's the way she is and why their relationship is so strong. And I actually love that. And I think it makes him a better parent. It makes him a better dad to both Nina and Noah. He's so expressive and shows so much love to them. And I think that's all through being shown love and having a strong connection to his parents. I was having this conversation with a friend and we were talking about how, you know, when we marry into another family, we see the different dynamics and whatnot. And we notice there's a lot of jealousy between sister-in-laws and the wife a lot of the time, like we were talking about how, you know, when she married into the family, 
that she, the, from the guy that she was with, she noticed that the sister started to hate her. And it wasn't because she hated her. It was almost like she felt as though that bond that she had with her brother was no longer there. And the reason being was that he had a girlfriend now or he had a wife now. And so she's kind of taken her brother away. And so naturally she kind of hated her for it, but she, she didn't want to be hated. She wanted them to all get along, but the brother kind of wrecked that when he stopped showing his sister attention and loving her the way he did before. So that was always something I was always mindful of with my sister-in-laws. I remember getting married and I would always include my sister-in-laws in it. I'd get them to sleep over. And I loved seeing the bond that my sister-in-laws have with their brother. And it was super weird because like the stuff that they did, just like bash each other and like have a laugh and like laugh at like movies that they kind of got. And instead of being jealous, I guess I saw that as by me bringing them closer together is only can only benefit me in so many ways. Having a close relationship with my sister-in-laws just means that they love and respect me and they also want to be in our lives and I want them in our lives. So I've always seen something as a priority to me, even when you know, he would walk around and, you know, he's, he's Arab. So he just makes these sly jokes and I always correct him. Like he'll, you know, he'll call his sister a donkey or a pig or whatever in Arabic and he'll walk past and they'll both laugh. And I'll say, you need, you need to stop doing that. I know it's a joke, but they can be quite harmful and hurtful. You know, this is the standard that you're setting for your sisters. This is who they're going to look for in a man in the future. So if you continually put them down, this is what they're going to look for. And the more he started to fix those behaviors, the closer that they got and the more open that they were with me about insecurities and about stuff that was going on in their lives. And I loved having that relationship with them. I love having that intimacy between us where we're able to have this connection with each other, almost like real sisters. And I think that's so important. But I think so many of us, it's so easy to misconstrue that relationship and go, well, why is your sister so jealous? Like he's married now, move on. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's not living with you anymore. There's no need for you guys to have this close bond. And I remember when my brother got married to my sister-in-law, we had a great, great relationship, but our relationship together just wasn't the same. When he got married, it was fine. But I noticed that when he had kids, it changed because so much of his intention was going to his children and his wife, which was so beautiful, but it just felt like we were strangers. It almost felt like when I went to his house, he felt like the brother-in-law and she felt like the sister, which is amazing for a sister-in-law, but it was unhealthy and I just started to resent him. I was like, wow, like he's, he's got so much attitude and so much judgment and, you know, who's he turned into and why is he like this? And so I started to spend more time with his wife and my nieces and I noticed our relationship got so much better. I noticed that he respected that. So instead of keeping my distance like I was before and I just kind of kept to myself, I was too busy to worry about it, I started to make time for them. I started to go over more often and be more thoughtful in the way I am. And one of his daughters, I remember like the older one, we just she was just a kid that didn't love me. And I was like always trying really hard with her, but it felt like it came across as fake. But when I kept going over so many times, you know, my niece started to get closer to me and that bond is like no other. Bond with the niece and nephews or whoever they are is so important. They're like my kids. So it was so important for me to mend that. But I didn't realize at the time that in mending that relationship, I also mended our relationship. Because when I started putting more effort and loving his family, he started to love me and my family more, which is so weird. You think you're siblings, you never lose this love, you never lose this relationship, you've grown up together, you have memories together, you know, you share each other's blood, but 
it does, it changes when marriage comes into the picture. And I think it's so important to talk about it because it's so normal and it's so easily fixed, you know, by working on those relationships, we don't realize how much it can mend so many things. Like for me, I don't know whether it's just me, but when I don't have a good relationship with my siblings, I feel like something's missing. I get anxiety. I don't like it. You know, even if it's with a sister-in-law, I feel wrong because I see them like my siblings. So I see, you know, that's, that's the, that's the person who is the mother of my nieces and my nephews, future nephews or whoever, you know, that's the person who my brother loves. And that's also the person whose siblings are from my husband. So, you know, I always want, I strive for this, you know, close relationship with them. And I didn't realize just how easy it is to fix. I remember on my wedding day when we were moving out and like, obviously we were going to go on our honeymoon, then come back to our home. I remember I was bawling my eyes out, like leaving home was so sad for me. Like I loved living at home. I loved, you know, our life. And I also loved my husband and I knew that this was going to be my new life. But I remember on like on the plane when we were going to our honeymoon, I said, you know what? You're going to be really sad. Like you're going to be moving out. He goes, yeah, I'll miss them. But like, I'm not sad. Like this is going to be so exciting. Like, yeah, of course it's going to be exciting. But you know, aren't you sad? Like you're not going to be around your parents anymore and your siblings and you're going to wake up in the morning and you know, see your family anymore. You're going to just, it's just going to be me and you. And he says, yeah, you know, no, not really. Like, I'm all right. And I said, I don't know what it is. Like for me, it was such a big thing. Like I just felt like it was the end of the world. And when we were leaving, I remember just sitting on the plane and just crying my eyes out. I just felt so sad. But I think it all has to do with the relationship that you have with your parents. Like my brother had an awesome, still has an awesome relationship with my parents, but you know, they hugged and kissed at the end of the wedding day and they moved out, but he wasn't sad. But, you know, my sister-in-law, she was super sad to move out of her mum's place. So I think, you know, daughters definitely do have a big relationship with their mums, but I think also what comes into play is the relationship with the father figure in the, in the family. Like, I think father figures make a huge difference on what that kid turns out like. Like, It doesn't have to be a dad. It just has to be a father figure. And I remember my relationship with my father was terrible. Like nothing actually happened, but he was just someone who was never affectionate, never said I love you in his life, but he showed I love you in so many ways. But growing up, I always needed to hear it. So when he didn't say it, I just felt like, okay, well, he didn't love me. He just punished me every time I was doing something wrong. But he showed I love you in so many ways. I'd come home from school and I was sad about failing a test and he would say, you okay? Are you all right? Do you want to talk about it? And in that, that was screaming, I love you, but I didn't hear it. I was like, no, he doesn't love me. Whereas for my brother, he spent so much time with him. You know, he put him in soccer soccer club and they always had stuff to talk about and they were always super close. And, you know, when I remember once, like I spoke to one of my brother's friends and I like messaged him on MSN and I was like, hey, and he had told his, you know, my brother and my brother was like, oh my God, like my sister has messaged my friend. And being the narc he is, he went and told my father and then I got in trouble about it. And I said, you know, how come you don't have this relationship with me? I could never come and tell you anything. If anything went wrong in my life, you'd be the last person I would tell. And he was okay with that. He was like, okay, sweet. So that impacted a lot of the way I looked at my relationships. You know, I always had this wall, like I couldn't be loved by a man. And so I guess, you know, you don't realize the impact that a father figure or a father has in each like in their lives like my 
father-in-law loves Billy so much, like ridiculously. I've never seen a love like my father-in-law has, and it's so special. And marrying into that family, I saw the impact that his dad had on him. His dad is someone who is so genuine and so kind and so giving, and he's someone who will put his kids' needs and his family's needs above his own, and that's how his son turned out. He was someone who truly respected women and put others' needs in front of his own. And it wasn't until I saw where he came from and he met his parents that I realized that, wow, like you are true. Like this is how you were raised. This isn't a, you know, this isn't a fake facade that you've put on just to impress me. Like this really is how your family is. And, you know, when his dad you know, invited me to the family and, you know, I got married to them, to to my husband. And, you know, they say you marry, you marry the man, you marry his family. When I got married, you know, he accepted me like a daughter and he showed me love like a daughter. And I remember him telling me what a good mum I was and how he was so proud of, of me and how I adapted to being a mum. But my dad never said it in such words. He just showed it in ways like, buying me stuff that the baby needs, being there when I needed him. You know, if I called him and said I was in trouble, he would be the first one there at my door. And so I just realized that different people show love so differently. And when you learn different people's love languages, it makes such a big difference. And I think as children, love is so important and impacts us. But I guess that's why women really are from Venus and men really are from Mars, because we we just reciprocate things so differently. Like for a man, I feel like it's so easy for them to be shown love. Like, you know, there's so much that you can do that will say, I love you. But for a girl, they're a lot more, like for women, they're a lot more emotional. So I guess we just need that extra, extra love in some sort. Before I wrap this up, I wanted to read to you some facts that I found online about the difference scientifically between men and women. So according to science, well, actually, according to google.com, I don't know how accurate these are, But during periods of stress, both men and women release a hormone called oxytocin. But female estrogen combined with oxytocin creates a calming effect. While the relationship of testosterone and oxytocin has a tendency to make men more aggressive. So for us women, when we're in a stressful situation, we're actually able to calm ourselves down. Whereas with men, it makes them more angry. So that's a lot of the reason why, I don't know whether it's just with you But with me, like if I'm having a fight with my husband, he is more likely to get more triggered and angrier, whereas I'm able to kind of calm down, walk away and, you know, say my piece later. So I guess there's science behind it. But I mean, don't tell them that. Also, another thing, another fact that I read, girls have 11% more neurons than boys in the brain senses that controls language and hearing. Not only do women hear better than men, they can also better distinguish between a broader range of emotional tones like crying. So I guess we're able to read emotions a little bit better. That's what I took from that. And that's what I will believe to be true (laughs) because it works in my favor. But it's true. I find that when I'm speaking to a girlfriend or my mum, She's able to see how I'm feeling without me saying it. Like they're able to detect my emotion just by the way I speak, the tone of my voice. Whereas my husband, a lot of the time, I feel like I have to spell things out for him and have the full conversation. But I don't know. I guess maybe that's a bit true. Another thing that I read was 
During male fetal development, testosterone impacts the formation of the auditory system and causes the brain to block out unwanted noise and repeated sounds. When a person repeats themselves several times, the male brain registers it as unwanted repetitious acoustic and they genuinely don't hear it. Women, on the other hand, don't have that skill. That's like, that blows my mind. I don't know how true that is, but it does make a lot of sense. Like, have you ever told your husband off about something or your partner off about something or a man or your brother or whoever about something and you can repeat it a million times, but they won't hear it. It's almost like they, they're not listening. Like I tell my husband every single morning, like no joke, every single morning without failure, I say, Hey, when you brush your teeth and shave your face or use the shaver, just put everything back to where it is. Like you don't even have to clean up everything. I'll clean it, but just put like the toothpaste back into the thing and the toothbrush and your shaver and in your cupboard. Every single morning, I clean it. Every single morning. There are days where I leave it for a few days and he'll just use it from where it was and just continue on. So it just goes to show that there's actually science behind it that they literally ignore repetition. But I guess you can combat that with just telling him once. But I don't know. For someone like me, it just doesn't work. But yeah, I just thought that that were really interesting um, little facts about the difference between men and women. I just started for a second there. I'm like, wait, what am I saying? But yeah, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you found it interesting. It was just a topic that I was talking about with some girlfriends and I thought, far out, like, it's an interesting topic. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that and thank you for listening. Men and women are so different in so many ways, but it's society who makes them, makes that gap even bigger. Like, let's just start with gender pay, like, for like for all of my life, I've known that we've always been fighting for equal pay. We are in the 21st century and still men are being paid more than women. Like it blows my mind. I know a couple who went to uni together, studied the same course, both working at the same job. And the woman is being paid $10,000 a year less than her male, male partner. And it blows my mind. Like, and what kills me more is that men don't even know what's happening. Like, I don't know whether they don't know or they're just oblivious. Like, I remember seeing on the news that, you know, people fighting for equal pay and whatnot. And I was telling my husband, like, I can't believe, like, how far we've come as a society and a generation and still we're fighting for equal pay. And he said, what do you mean? And I explained it to him and he said, no, that surely that's not a thing. Like, that doesn't make sense. And I said, yeah, it's a thing. Like, I'm sure that a lot of the women that you work with in your workplace are getting paid less than you. Like it is an actual thing and it blows my mind. And there's so many double standards as well with between men and women. Like I remember when I gave birth and I was getting stitched up. I know a lot of information, sorry, but my husband was, you know, putting clothes on the baby and he was holding her and hugging her and like the nurses were all like, oh, that is so amazing. What a good dad. Oh, this. And I was like, is this really the time? Like, I've just given birth. You are stitching up my vagina right now. And all you can talk about is the amazing job he's done. What about the job that I've just done? I've just pushed that baby out of my hoo-ha. Like, come on. And it, it still till this day, he'll go out with the kids. And if they're running amok, people will offer to help. I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Do you need some help? Oh, my God, they're so cute. You know, kids are cheeky. It's to be expected. But if my kids are losing their shit, I'll get looks like, bitch, control your kids. It's the double standards for me. Just stating the obvious, 
men and women are so bloody different and you just have to look at your family and you'll probably know in probably 99% of families, the boy always gets special treatment and the girl always just gets a pat on the back for doing the right thing. My brother, I remember, got like an award for like acceptance or whatever and he it was like a massive thing. Let's put it on the fridge. Let's get sweet. I got at the end of year 12 a check, which was a like a certificate and a check for like some money, which just said, you know, congratulations, you won some big award. My parents are like, yeah, yeah, great. Awesome. That was it. Like it wasn't even a big deal. And I'm like, if this was my brother, you probably would have chucked a party. Like, let's let's be real. Our hundred uncles and aunties probably would have been there. So I've always seen that. And if anything, that has impacted me so much because it's made me want to treat my kids so equally in the way they are. Like I want to treat my son and my daughter so equally. If he can go out, so can she. And I think that's that's a great impact. But you know, it has ruined me in so many ways in terms of not ruined me, just played a massive impact, had a massive impact on me. Like I feel like my husband has so many needs and I should attend to all of them being the wife and the mother. And I feel the need to apologize if, you know, dinner isn't cooked and we've had to get takeout or we're eating breakfast for dinner. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But it's like, yeah, I've been busy. I've been working as well. And so have you. There is no need to apologize. And, you know, marrying my husband really opened my eyes because he's the type of person who says, no, you don't need to apologize for not cooking and cleaning. Like, who cares? And it rarely happens. But when it does and he says stuff like that, it just... It just reassures me that, yeah, I don't need to apologize. Yeah, we are equal. We both have been working. We both have kids. And when I'm up all night with the baby and it wakes him, it woke him, I used to think, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Go back to sleep. You have work. But it's like, uh, really, we should be equally looking after this child. But it's okay. Society said that, you know, you're the mom staying home. You should have all the responsibility. And we're slowly unlearning these things. We're slowly unconditioning our brain to think this way 